Hey, everybody. He's Jack. She's Rose. I'm Hockley. No, wait, that ain't it. She's Maggie. He's Brock. I'm Thomas. No, that ain't it either. This ain't the Titanic, although the Vikings are sinking fast. This is Vikings reporting through with Ted Drewster. How are you? Iceberg, right ahead. Going far, down ahead. <laughs> Come on, hey, Ted, did you know that the swimming pools are still full on the Titanic? Have you no sense of decency, sir? <laughs> nice. If you are a glasses half full, and if you're on the Titanic, all the glasses are full right now, then that's a good way to look at it. That's a good way to look at it. We're not sunk yet. We're not to that iceberg yet. Iceberg, right ahead. On the starboard, starboard. Put us down. Hold over. Hold that over, sir. Hold it. Now, engage the reversing engine. But I got a, a little tidbit that'll give you a lot of confidence going into next week, Ted. Really? You know, Frank Reich used to be head coach of Indianapolis. Yes. Who's now coach of Carolina. He was coach of the Colts in 2018. They started out one and five. They made the playoffs and even won a playoff game. So okay. in three weeks, you might want to call him, see if we can get a headset on him and down to the sideline. <laughs> So, you know, our chances are dropping week by week. But hello, everybody. Welcome here to episode 107. Good to be here with you, Ted. How are you doing, Ted Glover? I'm the king of the world! I'm doing good, man. You doing okay? <laughs> After the game, we had a rewind show. We I got it all out of my system there. I know I was pretty hard on Kevin O'Connell. I intend to write a strongly worded letter to the white star line about all this. But he deserves it. You know what? Somebody actually wrote in those comments last Sunday that Ted and Drew are turning ESAT nation. That is a fine how do you do? Shut up! We call it like we see it. If you're good, we praise it. If you're not good, we're not going to praise it. When Kevin O'Connell first got hired, I wanted to pose on a couch and say, paint me like one of your French girls. I want you to draw me like one of your French girls. But, you know, that was last year. When you're 0-3, there's, there's no paint, there's no charcoal sketches, there's none of that stuff. She can stay afloat with the first four compartments breached, but not five. Not five. What a game, and then maybe we'll start talking about picture pages or whatever. I don't know. What about the ship being half sunk and the guy still playing the violin? That really happened. The string quartet or the orchestra, the three or four guys that went, they knew the ship was going down. They knew they weren't getting on a lifeboat. And so the conductor, I think it was, grabbed three or four guys and said, hey, let's go play on the deck to kind of keep nerves as calm as possible. And he literally said, as the ship was going down in the movie, I think it said, gentlemen, he said, it's been an honor playing with you. And I believe they all died. Gentlemen, it has been a privilege playing with you tonight. Wow. Yeah. Hat tip to that. Yeah. Ruby, how are you doing tonight? Hey, I'm doing okay. You know what I was thinking is, like, for me, worse than that loss or worse than being 0-3 are the fans on Twitter. I can't even go on there, man. It's insane. They've got you trapped, and you're going to die if you don't break free. It's terrible. It's so terrible. Like, really? Okay. They're doing bad. 
0-3, that sucks. But, I mean, what are your options? You're still a fan. You still got to support your team. I just don't get it. I just don't get it. I don't get it either. You, my man, are the smartest individual amongst this whole group here for not getting on Twitter. No, that would drive me nuts listening to all that crap. It makes me genuinely mad that we invented something so useless and unhelpful for our society. Look, we got a lot we got to talk about tonight. We got a couple quick announcements. As always, if you want to find out everything you ever wanted to know or discuss about the 0-3 start and you don't want to go to Twitter, head on over to Purple Pain Forums. That's purplepainforums.com. It is the best Vikings message board website conversation room on this here World Wide Web. They have a lot of contests. They have a lot of great information. They have a bunch of great contributors that give site-only articles and information that you won't see anywhere else. Great group of people to talk with. It's nothing like regular social media. So go to Purple Plane Forms. Great site, well-moderated. Check it out. They're our official website for Vikings Report, Drew and Ted. We're their official idiots. Um, <laughs> stowaways. Funky Town and Dan Chad are like the two big grand poobahs over at Purple Pain Forms. You know, last year when they said, hey, we got Ted and Drew, they probably felt like Jack when he won the car game. We're going to America! And he held up the ticket and they ran to the boat. We're going to America. Full house, boys! No. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> and now they're like, what, what were we thinking? <laughs> what were we thinking? So anyways, head on over to Purple Pain Forms. That's purplepainforms.com. Like Ruby just said, Twitter is just terrible. It's it's a terrible, awful place right now. It's like third or steerage class on the Titanic. Before. I mean, <laughs> at least at least spend your last days up in first class. Go to purplepainforms.com. But besides Purple Pain Forms, head on over also to vikingsreport.com. That's a site Ruby maintains. That's our official show site. Ruby updates that nobody cares about your fantasy team standings. Every week, Ruby also put our picks for the week, who we have for our fantasy team for each week up there, right, correct? Yes, and it's very easy to keep track of nobody cares about your fantasy team because my loses are always zero, baby. Oh! She has won the first three weeks, Ted. Yeah, yeah. Check the standings. Everything is updated. Yeah, she's starting to act like Hockley. Arrogant, a little conceited. Probably best. We'll be on business and politics, that sort of thing. Wouldn't interest her. I'm a Dawson. She's up in first class, and we're dancing with Jack and Rose down with the bums and the vagrants down at steerage. You know, it's funny is when some people select their team now in the comments. Why would I take anybody else but Toonses? It's a fair argument. I mean, you and I are Captain Smith. We're going full speed ahead into the iceberg, man. But this ship can't sink. She's made of iron, sir. I assure you, she can. And she will. All right, so head on over to those two websites. Buddy, we have got a lot we got to talk about. A lot going on tonight. But before we do, what time you got? Ted? I'm cooler than you are. So why don't you fix your little problem? And light this candle! He's right. Light this candle. Yes! Resume the countdown! All right, I'm cooler than you are. Why don't you fix your little problems and light this candle? He's right. Let's light this candle. He surely is. Light the candle. Yes. Resume the countdown. <laughs> it's unsinkable. One of the reasons we picked Titanic is because the Vikings were looking pretty good coming into this season. Coming off a of 13-4 season. Remember when it was leaving the port? All the oh, lights. Everybody's waving, band playing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, and we just hit an iceberg, my friend. 
You know what? And the thing is, we should have known better because we were kind of like, you remember in the movie, like right after the iceberg hits and before anybody realizes how dire the situation is, a bunch of ice chunks fall on the deck and there's some people kicking them around like a soccer ball. <laughs> that was us. That was us. That was true with Ted. They had a lot of us actually. Oh, this team's going to go a long ways. Eh, hey, kick that chunk of ice. That hurt my foot. It's good. If you look close enough, you see the lobby when it's full of water. Yeah. And you see me and you at the bar. Can I get another drink? <laughs> <laughs> hey, is this closed? Is the water is it closed? And now we're the Vanderbilt. Whatever that rich dude was, Vanderbilt, I think it was. Now we're just sitting there in our top hat and our tails and our coat with a drink, watching the water come in going, man. <laughs> Say la vie. <laughs> or Captain Smith. Yeah. Standing there waiting to die. Come on, man. So, Vikings are 0-3, got a lot of issues. Competitive rebuild was a big catchphrase, much like the Triangle of Authority was back in the day. It has not worked this year. Last year it did. The Vikings went 13-4. and And there's starting to be some rumblings about Fire Quasi Adolfo Mensa, the GM, and get rid of Kevin O'Connell, the head coach. And a lot of it has to focus around his first draft class. And I saw a tweet today from, I believe it was Vikes Insider. We'll throw that up on the board. You look at the total number of snaps of all the 2022 draft picks, the only guy that played any significant amount was Ed Ingram. And he might be like the least athletic or talented guy in that entire draft class. That draft class is just putting fuel to the fire that some fans are starting to say that they need to move on from Quasio Dofa Mensa. In agreement with any of that at all? No, not right now. You know, the Vikings last year, Ted, Mensa and O'Connell, everything that's happening this year, they were doing last year to other teams. Everything was happy. Everybody was smiling, going to the Timberwolves game together and all that. Everybody's happy. Well, you know what? In their last six regular season games, the Vikings are one in five. The last six games that mattered dating back to last year. Out of the last six games, the only game they've won is the Bears game, 29-13. So now, Kevin O'Connell and Quasia Dofo Mensa are now looking at the other side of all this, not the shiny, wavy, happy side. This is a adversity stuff to deal with. Now things have gotten tough, so we got to see how they play through it and see how they react to it. There's no firing of anybody. You know what, Ted? Some idiot fans think every Monday they want to fire the coach. Get yeah, him! Yeah. And the same people by Saturday are saying, we're going to win the Super Bowl! That's how <laughs> fans are! You see it all the time. What do you think? Mensa hasn't had a chance to really play out his role yet. He hasn't had a chance. Do you remember, this was one of our first shows. I was thinking about this today, trying to come up with where I stand on this. Do you remember when I compared the way Rick Spielman built a roster to the Winchester Mystery House? <laughs> That's my favorite episode of all time. Have you heard of the Winchester Mansion? We've been there. So for those of you that are not familiar, the Winchester Mansion was built by the widow of the guy that started the Winchester Rifle Company. She was convinced that the house was haunted by the spirits of everybody that had been killed by a Winchester rifle. So she insisted, somebody told her that the demons and ghosts would stay away as long as she continued to build on the house. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, and it went on for years and years and years. And this Vikings team is turning into, like, the Winchester Mansion. You got stairs that lead to nowhere. 
You got doors that are just stuck up against the wall and don't go into a room. And that's what Spielman and Zimmer are doing. And nothing's ever going to get better. But one day, we're going to be like at eight and four. And we're going to climb up a set of stairs. that's going to hit us in a wall. And we're going to tumble to eight and eight. <laughs> so done. So done. It was just kind of slapped together and haphazard. And I mean, I was joking about it then. But when you look at it now and fast forward to today, that was, what, two years ago, I think, when we did this? Right. When we first started this show? The reason the Vikings were in that state and it sort of carried over is for a couple things. I can't really defend Quasio Dolphamensis' first draft class. At this point, it's bad. And unless there is a dramatic turnaround, it's going to be one of the worst draft classes in Vikings history. It is. And he's going to have to answer for that. But let's look back to the draft Rick Spielman conducted from 2016 to 2021. I looked at this today. He picked 65 dudes, 65 guys from 2016 to 2021. Do you know how many of those guys amounted to a hill of beans for the Vikings? Take a guess. Eight. Five. Here they are. Dalvin Cook in 2017. Brian O'Neill, I think, in 2019 or 2020. Garrett Bradbury, and you can debate whether he's hill of beans or not, but he's been a starter for five years, so I counted him. Alexander Madison, who's the starting cornerback now. Justin Jefferson and Christian Derrissaw. So my apologies, six. Six out of 65. That don't cut the mustard. It doesn't. It was terrible, and that had a ripple effect. Another thing that Adolfo Mensa and Kevin O'Connell have to deal with, when 59 of 65 guys don't pan out, you now have to give second and third and maybe even fourth contracts to guys you should have no business giving contracts to, like Everson Griffin, because they couldn't draft a defensive end to replace him. Kyle Rudolph, because Irv Smith sucked. To Adam Thielen, because Laquan Treadwell sucked. Eric Kendricks and to Anthony Barr, because you couldn't draft a linebacker to save your ass between 2016 and 2021. So bundle all that together, and we now get to last year, where the Vikings have an old roster. And now because you have to give all that money to those guys, you have no money for depth to sign guys where the Vikings had a very good roster from top to bottom from like say 2016 2017 and 2018 if a guy got hurt they had a pretty decent dude to come back in for the most part and back that guy up you don't have that now because you're spending all your money on these frontline starters that are getting old and if they get hurt now you've got nobody to replace them and now when you do have to get rid of these guys you're having to eat a lot of dead cap money to move on from them when you shouldn't have had to to begin with if you had known what the hell you were doing from 2016 to 2021 that's the iceberg right now, and everybody out there is the Titanic. <laughs> you go, iceberg! <laughs> no, you make perfect sense. If anything, get a new a scout and evaluator for secondary guys. Yesterday, I see Lewis Seen running down to cover a guy that fair catches a football, and I'm going, there's your first-round pick, covering a fair catch. Playing special teams and plays no defensive snaps. I don't know. I don't know, but you can't fire him yet. I mean, Spielman got, what, 12 years? Yeah, He's bunging it up. Come on. This is the thing that baffles me. You know, people pretty much praised Rick Spielman from, and uh, look, this is not to say Rick Spielman was a complete failure as a GM. He made some very good trades. Percy Harvin trade was a good trade, but he made some dumb ones too. He had Sam Bradford, the trade in 2016, and he made some really panic moves at the end with Chris Herndon, Yannick Ngakwe, Vedvik, the, the kicker, yeah, the Vedvik? kicker, guy. Vedvik, Kerry Vedvik, yeah. But Spielman did some good things. He did some good things with the football. The reason people turn on him is he gives you that smiley used car salesman BS when yes. he's at the podium. That's why I didn't like him. Yeah, well, that and his draft classes. After 2015, he had Eric Kendricks. He had, I believe, Daniil Hunter. 
and Stephon Diggs were all in that draft. I mean, look, that was the landmark class. But from 2016 to 2021, when he got fired, his drafts were mostly ass. They were mostly charred ass, and they were not good. And that's one of the reasons the Vikings are in this spot now, and Kwesi Dolphamensa and O'Connell have to clean up the mess he left because he left one hell of a mess. And nobody takes that into consideration that you got to clean up another guy's mess. Matter of fact, charred ass in 2016, that was charred ass, unwiped ass. (laughs) That's one of the worst drafts. Go look at 2016, the one with Tree Treadwell. Look at the names on that 2016 draft. It's horrible. So Quan Treadwell and Mackenzie Alexander were the first two draft picks in that class. The only guy that mounted to anything really was J. Ron and He's gone now. 17, they had 11 picks. They had no first-round pick because of the Sam Bradford trade the year before. They got Dalvin Cook and Pat Elfline were the first two guys. Cook, really good player for a while. Elfline, okay for a year. Everyone else sucked. 2018, first two picks, Mike Hughes, Brian O'Neill. O'Neill, good pick. Hughes, I got hurt, whatever. They also drafted a kicker in the fifth round they cut after week two. Who's now kicking bombs in yeah. Oakland. Yeah. Or Vegas, whatever. 19 was Bradbury, Irv Smith, and Madison. Everyone else sucked. 20 was Justin Jefferson, Jeff Gladney, rest in peace. Ezra Cleveland were the first three picks. Osborne was a fifth-round pick. Not a terrible class. 2021 pick. This is probably the one thing that killed Spielman more than anything, besides everything else. Got Christian Derrissaw in the first round. Had three third-round picks. One of them is still on the team. The other two, I think, are out of football. And everybody else sucked. You can say what you want about the underperformance of the Vikings to this point. And, and that's fair. But to say that this is a mess created solely by Quasi Adolfo Mensa and Kevin O'Connell is dumb. If you go back just three or four years, you realize how far behind the power curve they're starting. And one more thing about that 2022 class. It's not good, and I'm not making excuses, but when he got hired, Odolfo Mensa and O'Connell got hired, they pretty much had to go with the scouting staff that was in place at the time. And that was Spielman's guys and Zimmer's guys. After the draft, they got rid of those guys. They had a new draft, and they got Jordan Addison in the first round, and I, I think that class might be a little bit better. So, look, this knee-jerk reaction type that we see on Twitter these days just drives me nuts, and I hate it. Just think for just five minutes, and you'll say, oh, well, they, they got a ways to go. Okay, let's just be a little bit patient. The worst time to, to do anything, a tweet or whatever, is right when you're emotional after a game and whatever, and they get on there. They don't take five minutes, Ted. They just say, I'm done with this team, and they want to fire everybody. Well, who do you want to be GM? I don't know. I'll just fire them. You know, and they talk about the O-line and the defensive line being bad, and they are. I mean, they are. Offensive line was bad for the almost the entirety of the Spielman-Zimmer regime. It, it was. When you come in and you don't have any cap space and your draft picks haven't panned out, on both sides of the ball, there's not a lot you can do. You can re-sign Garrett Bradbury, about all they could afford. They got Daniel Hunter back. They could only afford a guy like Dean Lowry, who's terrible. Look, it's going to take a couple years to get some of these contracts off the books, get enough cap space, and then bring in guys that can compete right away. There's something else everybody's not taking into consideration. The financial problems the Vikings ran into at the end of the Spielman deal, I don't think that's going to happen anymore. As a matter of fact, I think Mensa keeps a closer eye on that ledger book with contracts because he's a financial you know, yep. economics genius. I think he knows more about that than the football end. Cleaning up the contracts, he's been a lot better at than the football end. Now, if he were to hit on some of these draft picks and we're flying right along, nobody would be calling for his job. Consider the people calling for his job. They're Frank from Fergus Falls, part-time employed, 
no health insurance. His liver's starting to fail because he's been a lifelong alcoholic, and he's got all the answers. Oh, I got it all figured out. All figured out, Ted. But I'm going to tell you something. Last year, they stripped the ball from Amir Smith-Marset. Stripped the ball, took the win. Mm-hmm. Josh Allen, the one-in-a-million fumble that Eric Kendricks landed on for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Jalen Waddle heading to the end zone. Fumble. All that crap went our way last year. It's not going our way this year. Good teams find a way to get by that and win these games. Mm-hmm. The Chargers gave us that game like six times over, and we didn't want to take it. So the Vikings, they kind of did the smoke and mirrors last year. They did. They need to figure out during these tough times, those bounces didn't go for us, and we're getting the bounces against us, and it's, what are they, eight turnovers? You know, it, the luck has changed, Ted, and they got to figure out how to get through it. Minus seven turnover margin through four games. It just You're not a good football team. Until they fix that, I don't think there's any way you can call them a good football team. They have good players. Individually, they have good players that are not making good plays. Hopefully, they have potential to turn it around. Well, speaking of turning it around then, you sit at 0-3. You know, besides the obvious, which is, you know, quit with the turnovers and execute and play better. (laughs) What can the Vikings do from a personnel standpoint to fix either the offensive line, the defensive line, or the team in general to get them off the schneid, as Chris Berman so used to famously say? Methamphetamines. (laughs) Okay. I, I mean, if they can pass the NFL drug screening test, okay, sure. I, yeah, I'm open for just about anything. You know, at this point, you are what you are. I, I know we got Reisner coming in, and we got Cam Akers who might be able to help out with the run game. But all you can look at right now is your teammate, man. You go up to him in the locker room and say, I'm going to play hard for you. You got to pull it all together as a team and, and go for it. I don't know who the leaders are in there. You figure Harrison Smith and maybe Cousins. You're not going to go out and land three good, you know, starting nose tackle, some superstar nose tackle. You're not. That's all for the offseason stuff. So, you start at ground level and say we got to get one win. They shouldn't even be thinking about anywhere towards the end of October. They got to think we got to win one game and then start from there because they're killing themselves, man. But personnel wise, there's nothing you can do, Ted. There's a couple things I would do. I would start Dalton Reiser right now. I'd take out Ed Ingram and put in Reiser. Of course. I would also start targeting Justin Jefferson from the very outset. One of the things we talked about on our live show after the Chargers game is coming into that game, the Chargers had the worst pass defense in the NFL. And the Vikings thought it was a good idea to establish the run. Justin Jefferson saw no targets in the first quarter. When they did finally throw him the ball, they started getting yards in chunks on offense. Go to your playmakers. Go to guys that can get a spark going on your team if it feels like you're just kind of kicking rocks and sputtering along. What was O'Connell thinking with that game plan, Ted? He wasn't. We're just a couple schleps in the Midwest that look at football. We're fans. We'd like to talk about it. We're not with an organization making millions of dollars. First thing he looks at, 32nd and pass defense, that's our game plan to pass. We figured it out. Doesn't he see it like that? Justin Jefferson should have had Keenan Allen numbers. Yes. He was open all day long. He was more open than the side of the ship after the iceberg hit the Titanic. (laughs) All day. The last thing I would do, every time Ty Chandler touches the ball, I kind of pay more of attention to what's going on than I do when Alexander Madison has the ball. Madison's like a mule towing a a plow, you know, through a field. I mean, he'll get you tough yards, but Ty Chandler's like a stallion. Feels like he's got this explosive burst that we saw with Dalvin Cook that we really haven't seen out of Alexander Madison. I would work Ty Chandler, and you talked about Cam Akers. Yeah, get him more involved as well. But I would get Ty Chandler the ball more, too. It seems like he's just a more explosive runner than Alexander Madison. Yeah, and the run game kind of came alive. Last Sunday, looked better than it usually does. But you remember a guy named Mark Van Egan? 
used to play for the Raiders. Raiders fullback, yeah. Great player. Great. Yeah, player. he was. I was at a football camp with him. He was there with Dave Casper. I got a big story for that later. But Van Egan told me, if you can't pick up the block, if you don't know the block pickups, you're not going to play. Yeah. Not that it matters with the pass rush. Everybody's getting to Kirk Cousins. So, yeah. I mean, how could you figure out who's going to miss the block? But Chandler got that one sweep when they first brought him in. Yeah. Me and Ruby went, who's that? He's like yeah. running twice as fast. Yeah, exactly. So, I just think you need to work Ty Chandler more into the game plan. It's not personnel the problem, Ted. It's, it's play calling. Yeah, to a large extent it is, yeah. When you blitz 40 times, you got to get home for a few sacks. Yeah. But the biggest problem for the Vikings right now is offensive play calling. They don't need different players. They need to stop running the ball on. I went over that last yeah. week. I'm not doing it again. Yeah. And so then finally, our last segment for the news. So, look, the Vikes are 0-3. We know that. The NFL trade deadline is on Halloween, October 31st. Between now and then, the Vikings have five games. They are at Carolina this week, which we'll preview in just a minute. They're home against Kansas City, defending Super Bowl champions. They are at Chicago, which a team that is possibly a bigger mess than the Vikings right now. Home against San Francisco, who looks to be the early favorites for NFC inside track to the NFC Championship. And then at Green Bay. Where do you see the Vikings record after eight games and do you think they should be buyers or sellers or stand pat? Well, if you look at those teams you just mentioned, the realistic way to look at that is probably three and two if they can pull off that win at Lambeau. Because Kansas City and San Francisco probably losses. So you add three and two to oh and three. What is it? Three, five, three and five. So you'd be yeah. three and five by Halloween. So if you're three and five at the trade deadline, are you a seller? Are you a buyer? Are you going to stand pat? What are you going to do? If it was too good to be true, a sweet deal, then uh, you'd have to at least think about it, wouldn't you? Who would be your big trade chips, do you think? Probably Cousins. Okay. We'll talk about him in a minute. He's got a no-trade clause, but we can talk about him. Who's got leverage for the way they're playing to trade is probably Hunter. Stands out more than anybody else. If you had to yeah. trade somebody, yeah. trade somebody and kind of you're thinking about cashing in 23, moving on to 24, which I never like that. I, I don't. I'm not old school. Play it out to the end, Bud Grant. But if you are in that form of thinking that trades somebody for the deadline, Hunter's got to be the one that you can get the most return for. I don't think they're going to be three and five. I think they're going to be two and six. After week one, I thought, okay, look, they just made a couple boneheaded mistakes. Fix that, and they'll be fine. And they made those same boneheaded mistakes against Philadelphia, and they made the same boneheaded mistakes again against the Chargers. And the competition's only getting tougher. I can't even think rationally about them beating San Francisco or Kansas City right now. They're going to play at Green Bay, who's actually playing better than I thought they would. And I, I'm not seeing that as a win right now. Carolina, maybe. I mean, Carolina's also 0-3, so it's, you know, it's a battle for the number one overall pick at this point. Oh, let me tell you, at Soldier Field, when we yeah. go there, it'll be 13-13 to halfway through the fourth quarter. We'll be 2 for 22 on third down conversions. We'll have rushed for 17 yards, and we'll have turned it over five times. And Justin Fields will have like 152 yards on the ground by that point. None of these games right now, with the way the Vikings are playing, look to be a gimme. They're good enough to win all five. They are bad enough to lose all five. I think two and six is kind of realistic at this point. Well, Kansas City is the makeup game for Tampa Bay. Remember we said, you lose <laughs> yeah. one, you're going to win. You got to win one, yeah. you should lose. Them or San Francisco, yeah. yeah. And that was your upset back in June. You called it, that game. So it was. Kansas City. You mentioned Kirk, and he's got this no-trade clause. If he says no, then nothing's going to happen. The competitive rebuild is fast-approaching rebuild. You're going to have to remove competitive off it. The Vikings have a lot of issues. They're going to need draft capital. 
They're going to need to clear cap space. Keeping Kirk isn't practical if that is the way you're going to go. And if the Vikings are pretty much hopelessly out of it after eight games, then yeah, I would entertain trade offers for Daniil Hunter for just about anybody. Because you're going to need money. You're going to need cap space to pay the next generation of core guys like Justin Jefferson and Christian Derrissaw and Pace and, and all those guys as they come up for new deals. So keeping Kirk really isn't practical. He's going to be 36. He wants a three-year deal that takes him to almost 40. I just think that's a lot of money invested in a guy who's a good quarterback but is not a long-term fixture for this organization. And look, if you're going to spend money for Jefferson and Derrissaw and all these other young guys coming up, you don't have enough to pay Kirk Cousins either. Yeah, and I'd love to see what this offense looks like with a guy that can sidestep and make a play out of the pocket. Yeah. And look, for those of you that say, well, look, we can't get rid of Kirk, then we have absolutely no answer at quarterback. Okay, you're right. But in 2018, why did the Vikings sign him at the end of the 2017 season? He was the number one quarterback available, and they were a quarterback away from winning the Super Bowl. There you go. He was the missing piece to get the Vikings (laughs) over the top. That's exactly how it was advertised. He was the missing piece to get the Vikings over the top. They got rid of Case Keenum and Teddy Bridgewater and said, Kirk is our guy. He's the guy that's going to get us over the top. When you're not good enough, when you're good enough, essentially in 2018, 2019, then you're probably not going to be good enough when you're not good enough. Since 2018, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, six seasons, 23. If, if we assume the Vikings are not going to make the playoffs at 0-3, got a 5% chance to make it if you start 0-3. In the six years, Kirk Cousins has been the starting quarterback for the Vikings. And it's not all Kirk's fault. The Vikings made the playoffs twice, have one playoff win. Why keep him at this point? Also, I talk about him going three and five by Halloween. If you have him going two and six, that might change a Drister's mind. That's a big one-game swing right there. But you're right. And the mistake the Vikings have made since Kirk Cousins walked through our door, the first thing you do when you get Kirk Cousins, the next free agent pool, draft, the next two drafts, after you get him, you go 90% offensive line. The only way Kirk Cousins is going to win is if you have a A-plus-plus plus offensive line. Mm-hmm. And you know what? They've done very little to give him the line that he's supposed to have since he's been here. And that's the Vikings' fault. If you're going to have a quarterback that just stands there, you need to give him time. You need to give him the best offensive line in the league. You do. And why did the Vikings have to go get Kirk Cousins? Because Rick Spielman could not find a quarterback. He drafted two. Now, I'm not going to blame him for Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater's knee got blown up by ISIS terrorists. But he also had, what, in 2011, he had Christian Ponder. If Christian Ponder works out, that's Ponder's seventh year. You know, kind of about right where Mahomes and and all these these young studs are. So, again, because Rick Spielman's draft failings, even going farther back to 2016, the Vikings have to make up for it in free agency and go out and get a guy because – they couldn't draft and develop a quarterback on their own. Iceberg, dead ahead! Dead ahead is, uh... Nobody cares about the fantasy team! I think our on-scene reporters, he's ready. Hello again, everybody. Robert W. Fosworth here. This week, our wounded berserkers head to the East Coast on the Atlantic Coast Line to Carolina to 
face Bryce Young, maybe Andy Dalton, Frank Reich, and the dastardly Adam Thielen and the Carolina Panthers. Can the Vikings get off the schneid, or will they be mauled? We'll find out. All right, Ruby, go ahead and put up the big board. As you can see, as always, we start with quarterback, make our way all the way down to intangibles, which is stuff you can't see, son. You just can't see it. You can't see it. Can't see it. You'll never be Chuck Foreman. I'll never be Chuck Foreman. Pick this up. All right. (laughs) Our first category is quarterback. So Bryce Young did not play last week. He had an ankle injury. As of this recording, I don't know what his status will be. But the Vikings have faced Andy Dalton like six or seven times throughout his career. I mean, the Vikings have won most of those games because some of those games he played for the Bears were terrible. But he's had a fair amount of success against the Vikings. When he's been on a good team, he's put the wood to the Vikes. When he had some good Bengals teams in the playoffs, he played for Dallas, beat the Vikings. So, Didn't he play in that London game against us? With the Saints? Yeah, I think he did, didn't he? I think so. That one when it doinked at the end and they yeah. lost on the field goal try? Yeah. <laughs> See? That's how things go sometimes for you. Yeah. So who do you like in this? You like Kirk Cousins or the Panthers quarterback? I've been picking Cousins every week, and I know he had the three turnovers. I'm going to pick him again this week. I'd rather have the younger guy in there. Bryce Young? I want Bryce Young to start. Roll Tide? Yeah, because he's going to get confused with Flora's defense. I mean, Dalton, you know, he's seen it all, dude. He's seen he's a veteran. If we go up against veterans, we don't fare so well. I'm taking Cousins. I'm picking Cousins, too, just because. I mean, look, Kirk's putting up MVP numbers after three games. The Vikings aren't winning, but whatever, Kirk. You can't say he's not the best quarterback in this game. No, no, you can't. Wait, unless you're on Twitter and you want to fire everybody. All right, running game. So, against the 32nd-ranked pass, defense the Minnesota Vikings decided to establish the run last week, and they did! <laughs> did a very good job. Ignoring Justin Jefferson the whole entire first quarter. Threw it to TJ Hawkinson, who fumbled and then was bobbled one for intercept. Whatever. I, I'm gone. I'm sorry. I wonder if the Charger coaches were over there going, why aren't they passing it? Right. I know, right? <laughs> Cam Akers, I would expect Cam Akers to get in the and, and see a fair amount of game time this week. You still got Alexander Madison and, and Ty Chandler. I said my piece about Ty Chandler earlier. Over for Carolina, you got Miles Sanders and Chuba Hubbard. Believe it or not, I kind of like the Vikings running game just a little bit better. I'm intrigued. I don't know about excited is the word. Intrigued to see what Cam Akers can do. He showed potential. He showed flash. Fairly inconsistent career, but I'm going to give the Vikings the edge here. If Akers had been here about a month and he's got everything blocking, got the playbook learned and everything, I might give the edge to the Vikings. I'm giving my running edge to the Carolina Panthers. Okay. I think they have real solid guys. I mean, they didn't do much last week against uh, Seattle. Yeah. But... They've played against three pretty good run defenses. They played New Orleans, Atlanta, and Seattle. Two of those run defenses are top 10. They have the 13th ranked running game, and they've played against, you know, really good run defenses. Not really good, but teams that are under 100 yards rushing a game. I gave them the slight edge. Although the Vikings face a Tampa Bay and Eagles, those are pretty badass front sevens. Yeah, they are. So they they played some competition as well, but just a slight edge to the Carolina running game. All right. Receiving game. Who do you got? Vikings got a big advantage at wide receiver. They do. Big advantage at quarterback with these wide receivers. But what will they do, Ted? What will who do? The Vikings or the Panthers? The Vikings. They'll probably give the ball to Cam Akers 25 times. He'll go for 62 yards. 
Justin Jefferson won't see the ball till midway through the third quarter. If you're head coach, Ted, all you got to do is look at the sheet, look at your quarterback and receivers, then look at their quarterback and their wide receivers. That's all you need to do to, to get your game plan set. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Look at their receivers, dude. Yeah. Mingo's now out. He got hurt in the Seattle game. Okay. So they're down to DJ Chark, who's been on every team in the league. Thielen. I mean, Thielen's their best receiver. Yeah. What does that tell you? And Ian Thomas is their tight end. It just really doesn't do anything for me. Right. The Vikings have a huge advantage at receiver. And you factor that in, we'll get to it. The Panthers are banged up in the secondary, man. They are missing dudes. Yeah. So don't outthink yourself, KOC. Go with your strengths. That's what Ted Glover's been telling you all this time. You don't listen to him. All right. O-line. Uh, you know, I'm out on the Vikings O-line. I'm just out on them. I'm out. I don't think I bailed on them this fast last year, but I'm I'm out on them. I, Panthers. Really? Yeah, Panthers. Eh, whatever, Panthers. I got <laughs> I've got uh, the Vikings O-line in this. I think they're going to play their best game of the season. Okay. And I think it's going to be one of those things where people are going to say it's because Reisner's in there when it's really not. Everybody's playing well that he's starting his first game. But both interior offensive linemen in this game are all weak. The, yeah. They are very weak up the middle front. So are we. They got injuries up. They got a rookie at left guard. The resistible force against the movable object? <laughs> yeah. left That left tackle, Ikeem Iwanku. Yeah. Second half against Seattle, he had five false starts and a holding penalty. Did he really? Five, Ted. He didn't have a very good half. Matter of fact, they fell apart in the second half, gave up 25 points last week. So the Vikings should be looking to attack with those receivers, Ted. But I'm giving my O-line to the Vikings. Hart says Vikings. Head says they're terrible. I, I don't know. This team is sending more mixed signals than a half-drunk woman at a bar <laughs> about an hour and a half before closing. I, I, I just, I, man, I don't know. I don't know. What about 20 minutes before closing? <laughs> I'm home asleep by that. I said, no. Uh, another thing my father told me, and I have lived this since I was a very young man. Kids, gather around. Nothing good happens after midnight. Nothing. I'm going to tend to disagree. <laughs> but I was a musician on the road for a lot of shows. Oh, okay. your, your night doesn't end until 3 in the morning. It's not true. It doesn't end until about 1130 the next morning. Oh, okay. Front seven. You go ahead and take this one. The Vikings defensive line, man. I'm sure they did better against the run, but there seems to be pressure, but not enough right at the right time. They're good on the perimeter. They can get to the perimeter, the linebackers. I give the linebackers to the Vikings in this, being that Shaq Thompson's gone. Yeah. Shaq Thompson broke his leg. Frank Luvu got a hip pointer. He might not play. Justin Houston, he talks a big game, but he's not as good anymore. Derek Brown's their best player, yeah. the interior guy out of yeah. Auburn. I like the Vikings. The Vikings linebackers seem to save their top, their front three every week. That Lowry guy hasn't worked out at all. Howery, Lowry, what the hell is his name? He's terrible. Dean Lowry's terrible. Why'd they even get that guy? Well, because they couldn't afford anybody else. I mean, he's like a dollar tree defensive tackle. That's all they could afford. That's the only place they could afford to go to. Because Rick Spielman maxed the credit cards out at Saks Fifth Avenue. <laughs> when you drive up to the Dollar Tree, is there a big picture of Lowry on the center? Welcome yeah. to Lowry's Dollar Tree. Right next to the Jonathan Bullard bin. What does he do? <laughs> Nothing. That defensive line, if you're going to stick with a 3-4, you better beef that up next season. The Minnesota Vikings defense is dead last in bringing pressure to the quarterback. Dead last. Their main primary rush, other than Daniil Hunter, are in the 50s with a PFF rush rating. I mean, they're terrible. They're flat-out terrible. They blitzed, I think, just about every other play. I think they blitzed 60 to 70% of the time against the Chargers. I think they got one sack against Justin Herbert. 
Just one. And like a handful of pressures. This defensive front seven, we knew they were not going to be very good. We knew that going in. There isn't a lot to work with, and it's starting to show. You can only scheme so much. You can call as creative a defense as you want if you're Brian Flores, who I'm still a big fan of. I understand the limitations he's working with, and he's doing what he can. And I think if he had some talented guys, the Vikings defense would be generating more pressures and and bringing more sacks. But they're just not good, man. Other than Daniil Hunter, there is nobody on that front seven other than Daniil Hunter you got to worry about. Nobody. That's why I'm giving Carolina my check. I don't think I said it, Chuck Mark. Yeah, I'm giving Panthers uh, as well. Secondary, I actually like the Vikings here. You mentioned the Panthers secondary is pretty beat up. They do have Vaughn Bell, and he went to Ohio State. He's a great guy, great safety. <laughs> did he go to Ohio State? Yeah, he did. He played Bengals for a few years. He's actually a pretty good player. Xavier Woods, former Viking. Xavier Woods is their other safety. But, yeah, they're pretty beat up. They got a good nickel guy, too. Yeah, Jeremy Chin. Again, a Caleb Evans, if he just knocks that pass down against the Chargers, it doesn't go up in the air, hit his helmet, and the Chargers score a touchdown, whatever. I, I don't know. Tough break for him. If he picks that off, it's a whole different ending. I, I think so. Yeah, the Vikings got torched for 400 and whatever yards by Justin Herbert last week. I actually kind of like the Vikings' secondary matchup when you look at who they're going against compared to who the Panthers are going against with Kirk Cousins. I'm going to pick the Vikings here, I think. I, too, Chad, I'm with you on the check mark for the Vikings' secondary. Let me tell you about this. Let me tell you about their defense in general. Brian Burns, cornerback Dante Jackson, and safety Von Bell are the only three starters left from week one. Really? On the defense. That's how banged up that this team is. They're on their third string corner on one side with Henderson, Dante Jackson on the other. Woods had a hamstring injury, Ted, versus Seattle. He may not play. Okay. They're beat up in the secondary. Passing defense is still 10th. I think the Vikings are going to make some hay. Is that a saying? I give the Vikings the edge of the secondary with all the injuries with with Carolina. I think with all those injuries in the backfield, this would be a great opportunity for the Vikings to establish the run with Cam Akers. Absolutely. Just run the ball with Cam Akers all day long. And then when you get in field goal range, take the three. Yeah. Don't be aggressive. Don't get aggressive and try any kind of bubble screen. or. You want to avoid the shutout there. You got to take the points. What about the Chargers with the bubble screen and the slant? Every other play of the whole game, and we don't do it once. I mean, until you can stop it, why not keep running it? They had a good game plan. They did. Has KOC been outcoaching every one of his games so far? I would say the Chargers game was a push, but the only reason I don't give it to the Chargers is because Brandon Staley's a doofus. I mean, he, he did as much to lose that game as Kevin O'Connell did. Yeah, but if you look at just the offense, he totally outplayed him. Oh, yeah, that's true. He out-schemed him. The fourth and one was completely stupid. Yeah. Red zone. I can't give it to the Vikings. The Vikings are on the pace to turn the ball over 17 times in the red zone this year. They've done it every single game. Have they done it every game? Every single game. I'm not giving them my check if they're going to do that every game. Panthers. One in four in the red zone against the Chargers. Terrible. That's game right there. 32nd ranked pass defense. One for four in the red zone. At home. With two possessions at the yeah. end of the game. Yeah. Not one, Ted. Not one. Unbelievable. Unreal, as the great Ted Glover would say. Special teams. What do you got for special teams? Vikings. Yeah, me too. I got the Vikings. You know what? People may say we don't get really into the special teams. When you do the big board, special teams, you talk about more as the season goes on. When it's the first three, four, five, six weeks, you just pick, you know, yeah. the Vikings. Joseph's been rock solid so far for the Vikings this year. Ooh. Well, I just did it, didn't I? I just screwed up. My bad. Let me knock on some wood here. 
All righty. All right. Coaching. Brewster, who you got? Frank Reich's got a brand new staff over there, mm-hmm. and they are scrambling because of the injury problem they are having over there. Even though Kevin O'Connell's been out coached three straight weeks, I think Flores is angry right now. The defense will be fine. I think we don't turn the ball over this week, and I'm going to give it to our staff this week. Until Kevin O'Connell can learn how to manage the clock and Brian Flores can learn how to cover like the one dude that is killing you all day long, I'm going to go with Carolina. And finally, intangibles. Both teams are 0-3. Both teams are kind of a hot mess. Panthers, it's kind of understandable. They have a very young roster, a new coach. They've got a brand-new rookie quarterback they're breaking in. And a bunch of injuries. Injuries up and down the roster, which would normally tell me the Vikings have the advantage here. But they are outside on grass, and they just have not done well outside in recent years. Last year was kind of an outlier. They still have this penchant for turning the ball over at the worst possible time. It's going to be a push for me. I can't decide. Dude, that's what I got it written on my sheet. <laughs> do you really? Toots, as you do what you want with the check mark, I couldn't figure it out either. Maybe we just put it uh, yeah. E for even or something. I couldn't give the check mark to either team there on the I intangible. Can't. I guess maybe because the Panthers are at home and Adam Thielen's going to be a lot more motivated to, to show out. They're not a home field crazy team. No, they aren't. They're not. They're like Jacksonville. It's still better to play at home than on the road, though. You sure? We're 0-2. No, that's a fair point. (laughs) You're right. (laughs) All right. That's our big board. Drew, how do you see this game playing out, brother? Vikings are going to clean it up this week. I said that last week going into the Charger game. I was completely wrong, but... I think the infusion on the offensive line, Akers, even though he might have limited snaps, I think the new blood are going to bring something forward. And I think this week we are going to go pass happy and try to move the football that way, even though, you know, they're ranked 10th in the pass defense. I think KOC heard enough about getting his receivers involved early. God, I hope so. Vikings. I got the Vikings 31-20. 27-24 Panthers. Vikings will be driving to clinch the game. They're going to turn the ball over. Panthers are going to go down and kick a field goal. Alrighty then. With that, we're going to go ahead and take a break. We'll come back and wrap up the show. Welcome aboard the biggest, most luxurious, most unsinkable cruise ship in the world. Welcome aboard the Titanic. The Titanic is a floating, completely unsinkable five-star hotel and resort that will never sink. Glamour, fun, romance, adventure. The Titanic has them all and is 100% unsinkable. On the Titanic, you'll feel like the king or queen of the world and that you will never sink. Folks, I know the season hasn't gone the way we would have liked it to to start out. Hopefully the Vikings can turn the longboat around and get it going. But either way, thanks for joining us and tuning into our show, listening to our musings and to our rantings and to our ravings and watching our live show with our good friend Chris. Thanks to Ruby for making this all happen. Drew, as always, I just love doing this show with you every week. It's just an absolute blast. It's almost therapy for me at this point after an 0-3 start. For now, we will try to do better the next time. Buddy, take us home. Thanks, Ted. 
great talking football with you, man. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in for this episode. Keep your Jeremy chin up, and <laughs> we will see you on the rebound. Say good night, Ted. Good night, Ted. Iceberg!